So we briefly talked about Instagram on the episode with my assistant, Chris, but today we're going to go a little bit deeper into this social platform. Of all the social media giants, Instagram, I have to say, is my favorite, and it's one of the places that I think you can create some of the best connection with your audience and with your prospective customers. However, that being said, when you're first learning Instagram or you are exploring the platform for the first time as a business owner, it can feel a little bit formidable trying to figure out all the features or even just trying to figure out how to monetize it in an authentic way that doesn't feel slimy. So if that describes where you are at at this point in time, you are going to love today's episode. I have joining me Ruthie Gray, who is an Instagram marketing coach. She helps her clients with consistent, authentic follower growth and engagement, and one of her clients even received a book deal directly as a result of Ruthie's targeted training. As an Instagrammer with under 10,000 followers herself, Ruthie not only teaches women with smaller followings how to make regular sales on Instagram, but she also models this herself, enjoying five figures from the platform already in 2021. Her extensive training and constant research into the latest trends makes her the perfect pairing for today's episode. So let's dive in. You're listening to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I'm Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. Hey, Ruthie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Me too. So I had an episode a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week, I can't remember, but I talked with my social media manager and we kind of went over the bird's eye view of different social media platforms. Uh, And we touched on Instagram just a little bit, but I'm really excited today. We get to do a deep dive into Instagram and all of the inner workings and how to not only just have a good Instagram account, but also how to monetize that and actually bring that business piece in. Because I think that's a, a piece a lot of people miss is that, oh, you know, you can have a cool Instagram page, but you also need to figure out how to make that sustainable so you're getting paid for your work. It is hard for people to figure that out. What is the magic sauce? Is there magic sauce? Is there, you know, how do you do it and run everything else? And there are ways to do it. It's funny because I just wrapped up a season uh, on my own podcast about this very thing. In May, we covered, we had three different guests and we covered some different ways that you can monetize. So this is very timely. People want to know. Yes, yes. Um, Can you give us, before we get into all the, the juicy stuff, a little bit of history on your own Instagram experience and how that kind of ties into what you do in your business? Sure. Uh, Well, first of all, I tried and quit Instagram about three times before I could make it work for me. I just didn't understand the whole science behind it. And I'm sure you know that every 
uh, social media platform has its own little, you know, idiosyncrasies and things that make it shine. And for Instagram, one of the things I didn't realize was I couldn't just post throw up stuff and people were going to just come and comment and click on my link in bio and go read the blog and all that stuff. I didn't understand that. And so after trial and error, I came back because I just kept, it just intrigued me the visual aspect of it. And so when I finally came back to stay, Instagram had just launched stories and And so I started using stories and I was just, for me, stories came naturally because I could share my life uh, with people and the funny things that happen and just day to day. And people liked that. They ended up really liking it. And um, all of a sudden I was at a blogger retreat and some, some of my girlfriends said, what is it you're doing over there? Because it seems like you're getting a lot of traction. A lot of people are commenting and you're getting engagement. How do we do this? And I took a step back and thought, you know what? I really do enjoy this background. What is it that is making it work? And then I, uh, after that, I got some really super duper escalated training (laughs) and uh, was in a mastermind uh, with coaching. And um, So I figured out what to do and then I figured out how to test things and keep up to date and abreast because as you know, Instagram is always changing. It does, yes. Yeah, for sure. And so then after that, I went on to um, manage some Instagram accounts and uh, this one gal, she had fantastic products, digital products. But she had no idea how to run the platform. I always, she lets me tell people that she's my blogging mentor, but she was doing nothing, you know, and I said, I can help you with this. And we got her to over, well, she was at just below 4K followers when we started and, and I strategized with her and helped her see how she could present her product. And by the time we finished working together, it was uh, within a little under a year, we got her to 10K followers. And, you know, just different things like that. It's not always about the numbers, though. It's more about the engagement. And Mm -hmm. just after that, I just thought, wow, I can coach people how to do this. So then that's when I launched my coaching business. I love that. And I love, I love that you said that it's not always about the number of followers. Cause I have known of people with many hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers that aren't making a dime because they're not, they don't understand how to monetize. Um, but it's fun to say I have 300,000 followers, but it's just really a vanity metric unless you know how to, um, solve those people's problems and bring them a service or a product that they want. Uh, and I've also known of people with much smaller followings that are you know, making a full-time living off of their Instagram following, but they just know how to be strategic. So it sounds like that's, you know, really right up your alley in what you do. It is. That is my message. You don't have to, I don't have 10K followers yet. You don't have to have a massive following. You just need to know uh, the right tactics to use to bring the results. Absolutely. So let's start at at ground zero here. I mean, I I would assume that a lot of people listening have some sort of Instagram account, but let's say they don't. They're they're hearing this conversation. They're like so excited. They're saying, I'm going to go start an Instagram account. As soon as they get on with this episode, 
how do they set up their account for success? Is there anything they should steer clear of, kind of the ins and outs of that? Well, first of all, I think it's good to uh, create a business account. If you are wanting to monetize, you need those um, those uh, analytics that Instagram gives you with a business account. So that would be the first step is set up and it's, it doesn't cost anything, it's free. So when you create your account, make it a business account and then you'll be able to see over time, study your analytics and see what is resonating with people. Also, um, you'll want to craft a bio that says, similar to I help blank do blank so that blank. You want people to know when they land on your bio, who you're there for and how you can help them. That's what people want to know when they land on your bio. What's in it for me? As far as your username, um, everything in your bio is searchable. The terms are searchable. But the nice thing is if you can have a different username from your title that what's in bold that's just underneath your profile picture make those different then you can even use that small word space to say even more like my username is ruthiegray.mom but my title is instagram marketing coach so you just want to be strategic with what you say definitely do you have any tips for when someone's picking their actual handle. So that would be for those of you who aren't familiar with Instagram, like when it's at, like mine's at the Prairie Homestead or yours is at ruthiegray.mom. I think sometimes people go, well, should I call it my business name? Should it be my name? Should it be, if I don't have a business yet, should it be my future business name or my farm name? Do you have any tips for that? I think it depends on what your goal is. For instance, if you're an author or a writer, you probably want your own name for your username. But if you have a potential name for your business, or even if you, you can always change your username, by the way, that's not set in stone. So you can change that and it will reroute to um, your, you know, what you decide to use. So that's, it's okay to do that. And so if you have an idea about your business or you already know what it is, you could, you know, just kind of use those keywords in your username like you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what, that's my advice on that. Okay. Um, and then one other question on this, because I've heard rumors or old wives tales with the business account versus the personal account, sometimes, at least maybe when it first came out, people were like, oh, if you pick the business account option, Instagram is going to throttle down your reach because they know you're a business and you're trying to sell things and they're trying to incentivize you to pay, you know, pay for ads or pay for boosted posts. Is there any truth to that? I don't think there is. I think Instagram loves Instagram mm-hmm. and Instagram wants to use as many people as will willingly lay down their lives (laughs) to invest time in um, the platform. So I I don't think there's any truth to that at all. Okay. And I personally, I was curious what you were going to say. I haven't noticed any. I mean, I had the regular profile forever and I switched over to the business like several years ago. 
And I mean, I guess I don't have anything in a scientific <laughs> experiment. I don't have a control necessarily, but I definitely didn't see any decrease, but I do like having the analytics. It is it's yes. handy. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Me too. Um, what about profile picture tips? Cause sometimes people like when, then when I work with folks, they're like, do I put my logo on as my profile picture or a picture of me or a picture of my cat? What do you think? <laughs> well, here's the thing about Instagram. People are nosy on Instagram and they want to see real people. So if you really want to attract people to your business, you need to show your personality. And that means it needs to be a profile picture of you. It needs to be clear, maybe a light background or a bright background. You can even, you can do wonders on Canva. You can just like bold it all out except for your, you know, um, face on there. But it really needs to be a nice, good, clear picture of you as your brand. Yeah, and I notice whenever even if I'm just not even looking at a, a business or someone to follow in that aspect, I'm just looking at Instagram or someone comments. If they have a picture of like an animal or a flower or something generic, I'm just not as drawn to their profile. Even if it's not like a business, it's just somebody to connect with personally. I just, it just is a different, I don't know, a different vibe. So I love seeing people's faces or just something that portrays who they are and what they're about for sure. Exactly. That's yeah. what people want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so someone has their account all set up. They have that wonderful blank grid. Now what? What kind of content do you recommend people start sharing? You know, they have this whole blank canvas. What do you do with it? Well, the first thing you want to do is be authentic. And you don't want to just throw up your product right off the bat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Because that's kind of a turnoff to people. Um, there are any number of bazillion users on Instagram that do this. All you have to do is scroll and you'll see, you know, within two minutes of scrolling, you'll see at least 10 accounts that are screaming by my thing. So what you need to do is um, share your life, um, you know, pick one or two personal things that you don't mind sharing. Maybe it's family, maybe it is your cat. Um, People love cats and dogs on Instagram, by the way. Um, So if you have a pet, uh, whatever is going on in your life, if you're comfortable with sharing it, you should. Um, And then what positions you as an authority? What are some things going on in the background that qualify you for what you are potentially selling? Um, And then you need to be personal in stories, use engagement stickers and things, polls and, you know, questions and things to get to know your audience. Um, Polls and questions are uh, they're key to market research in stories. There are, there's so much there that you can just gain from your audience. So that's my advice is to just kind of ease into it and, you know, let people know what you're about, unless you absolutely already have an audience somewhere else and you're confident enough to say they're going to come over there and immediately buy your thing. Um, I would not go that route. <laughs> okay. What about someone who is, because I noticed in just the folks I work with, one of the themes is um, a homesteaders by nature are kind of jack of all trades. We have a lot of interests and a lot of passions. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of, when they're trying to figure out how to monetize their homestead, they're, they're like, I like 
cows and I like goats and soap and knitting and cheese making and canning. I don't know which aspect of this I should turn into a business. Um, if they're feeling like that with our Instagram account, you know, do I, do I post my kids? Do I post my cats? Do I post my cows? Do I post my craft projects? Like, what do you suggest? How do they start to figure out, um, which one of those to hone in on? Exactly what I just said. So what you want to do is your market research in your stories and start sharing and see what people really uh, resonate with. And then um, also in your feed, what is it that people are resonating with that you do? Do you, what is something that you put up that immediately gains traction? Like it, it just seems like people just resonate or you hit a nerve or a need. That's what you do. You have to test first. You have to put it out there and see, um, what the response is. And of course, um, you know, you can't just put up your, content and then not interact with the audience. That is another key piece. Um, so you need to be going and engaging with others. Um, and then just test, test, test. That's what I always say. One of my clients, when she first started coming to me, she said, Ruthie, there is nothing interesting about my life. She and her husband are marriage coaches there and they have a business and they wanted to build on Instagram. And she said, there's nothing. There's nothing. I said, what's going on with you? She said, well, I have a dog and my leg is I've been in rehab forever because it's jacked up. And I said, then that's what you do. You take pictures of Franklin, the poodle. And you put them all over and, and it worked, by the way. And then you take um, stories and pictures of your therapy and what you're doing every day. She's like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. And it did work. And in fact, she got so much response back from people who go, were going through the same things as her that she started building those relationships. And sometimes it's just as simple as a broken limb. And just therapy and and just your own struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that real life aspect people really like for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's say that folks have been posting, they're experimenting with different topics. How does someone? This is kind of the question of the or, or the, the the looming question, the elephant in the room. How does someone get their stuff to actually be seen? Especially when you only have a few people following you. You have, you have a brand new account or only a couple hundred people. What do you do to help folks get traction? Okay. One great way to do this is to collaborate with someone who, who compliments your business. Um, there, so I am a huge proponent of relational marketing, community marketing, and leveraging community. We have a saying, we even have a t-shirt in my insider intensive Instagram membership, community grows opportunity. And the best thing you could do is collaborate, go live with a friend and get your message out that way. Teach something valuable. And um, I always say, use the three E's, be encouraging, entertaining, or educating your audience. Give value. And then see where that goes. Because when you go live with a friend, um, all of their followers are notified. All of your followers are notified. And you 
most likely will get new followers through that, through your authenticity. Video is a key component and we need to be using it on Instagram because that's what it's intended for. Can you break down some of the video features on Instagram for us? Because there's a, a number that can, a number of different ones that can feel confusing, I think, at first glance to know which is best for your brand. Yes, for sure. Well, we have the obvious uh, choice, which is Reels. <laughs> and Instagram is trying to mimic TikTok and outdo TikTok. They haven't done it yet, but they are well on their way to establishing uh, this different, we call them neighborhoods, the feed stories, um, live IGTV and reels. So reels is one of the neighborhoods that Instagram is just pushing out. If you test a reel, even if it's your first time, you'll probably notice that it gets more views than just a post that you use. So with reels, reels can be, again, entertaining, educational, or encouraging. So Reels is one way to get a 15-second um, blurb of your message or a 30-second blurb of your message out there and probably in the eyes of more people than you would normally just on a post. Then uh, Live is great for, like I said, you can collab with a friend. You can get, you can go live with at least three people, maybe four right now. Instagram is always changing. Um, you can do even use slides in your lives. So, and then you can turn your lives into IGTV, which IGTV is just there as long as you, those videos will stay there as long as you want them to. So will Reels. Um, and then, or you can do use IGTV as just like a tutorial series, um, building on one another. And then there are stories, which stories are my personal favorite because that can show behind the scenes of your life. That's where you do your market research. Like I said, that's how you get to know your people. And when you see the same people viewing those stories over and over again, that's a way into their inbox. They start uh, talking to you or through, you know, polls and, and so forth, you can, you can start conversations with them. It's not all about, oh, did you want to buy my thing? No, that's not what it is. It's relational. It's building those relationships. Are you in rehab too? Me too. Do you have a poodle? So do I. Those kind of things. Do you like coffee or tea? <laughs> Simply forging those relationships first. So I hope, hopefully I just answered your question about that. Yeah. Yeah. I like stories are definitely my favorite too, of all the, the options. Um, yeah, just cause they're, they're easy to throw up and they do feel more connective and personal. Summer is basically here and we're all spending way more time outside working in the garden and around the barnyard. And one of the things I love to treat myself with at the end of a long day of working on the homestead is a sweet drink when I sit out on the back porch and watch the sun go down. Now, this may be a little bit of a surprise to you, but I kind of like Coke and other pops and sodas, but I do try to avoid them. And one of the ways I do that is by playing around with different flavors of iced tea. I like to add a little stevia or honey or maple syrup, a whole bunch of ice, and everybody is happy, even the kids. 
However, I have learned that not all teas are created equal. A lot of the teas that you might find at the grocery store have been treated with pesticides or they're packaged in bleached tea bags or they're loaded with a bunch of artificial junk. Thankfully, I have found some organic loose leaf teas that are amazing. The Positively Tea Company is family owned and operated and they take their tea very seriously. They have zero added sugars, but the taste and quality are amazing. Plus, their prices are hard to beat. I especially love the value of the one pound bags, which means you're basically getting four times the tea for only twice the price. So to grab your loose leaf teas for your summer nights on the homestead or the back porch, head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash tea, and you can get an additional 10% off your entire order with the code homestead. And now back to our episode. What do you think about reels? Cause I've, I've only done a couple reels and I, every once in a while, it's like 10 o'clock at night, I should be going to bed and I get stuck on the reel scroll <laughs> and you're watching just the silliest, I guess that's the word for it, <laughs> things. You're like, why, why am I doing this? But oftentimes I, I wonder, is it just entertainment or can you actually build a following in a business with that? Cause I'll see reels that are popular cause they're doing little dances and they'll have like, 400,000 views or likes, but that person only has, you know, 10,000 followers. So how is that all working out? That's an interesting question. And I feel like reels can be a very, and I have seen it happen. They can be a very valuable tool uh, for your business or your product or your book or your podcast. Um, and so what you can do is, yes, you can show the fun side of you. You can remix somebody, but you could totally take it to a different level by giving a one tip reel or a three tip reel, something to do with your industry. I have a, a former client a person that was in one of my memberships before, before and her, um, her whole mantra is you can find time for prayer as a busy mom. So she just gives one tip. She does a one tip reel about how to get in prayer the next day, how to be ready for it or how to prepare. Um, and so she's done a series of those. And then just last week, I mean, they're always rolling out new lenses and filters and, and features on reels. And what I did was I did a green screen behind me and I was talking in the front about my newsletter. And the green screen was a pre-recorded video of me scrolling my recent newsletter, the IG Insider, giving insider tips, and it shows the different headers and things like that. And I said, I show, shared how to join my newsletter, and I got a ton of subscribers that way. Mm. So as long as you're giving value, like I was, I was saying, this is this is it. Instagram information you won't find anywhere else. I don't teach it on Instagram. I don't teach it on the podcast, but you can subscribe to this and be in the know. So different things like that are valuable, but if you're just doing it for entertainment, unless you are an entertainer, that's probably not going to serve you in the long haul. Sure. And that's what is kind of always has been my perception, at least that um, 
yeah, you might have people laughing because you're funny or you're cute with your song and dance, but I'm like, yeah, unless it's tying into what you're offering, I feel like there could be a definite disconnect there. Yes, there could. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Another question on the, does this really work or does this really matter train of thought? What do you think about the importance of those perfectly curated or like color coordinated grids? Because that used to be a thing. And I've taken a lot of Instagram courses over the years and some of them completely focused on that, how to color your photos and make sure you have the right clothes and the right house decor. So it matches your color scheme, which honestly, that all makes my brain hurt because I don't do details that much. What do you think? Is that absolutely necessary to grow a big following? No. No. (laughs) that's the short answer (laughs) (laughs) that's the short answer I think I mean it doesn't hurt to be color coordinated you know to share your to wear your brand color or whatever Um, almost every time that I do a reel or a live or an IGTV I have a blue some kind of blue in the background because people know the blues and the turquoises are what I love and that they associate that I have a barnwood Uh, background in um, my home in West Virginia, in my office, you know, and people are used to seeing that. Um, So I think it's, you know, you can do a nicely curated feed, but I feel like sometimes it looks plasticky and not real. And it also locks up your mental clarity when you think, oh no, it's supposed to be a quote today and and then tomorrow it's going to be a landscape picture. And then the next day it needs to be a picture of my family. If you get locked into that, then you'll freeze up a lot of times. Now, some people might find that um, freeing and it, it helps them, you know, to post. But I say, if you get all locked up on the perfect grid that you, it just makes you go crazy, then it's not going to work. You can be authentic Mm -hmm. and get your message out without a perfect grid. Just go look at mine right now. It's a mess. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's probably better to post and publish versus not doing anything for fear of not being perfect. I feel like that's that's true in so many other areas of life. Just do Mm -hmm. it. You know, action cures fear. Ship it when it's not perfect. That's always better than than lock. And I've done the lockup thing. I've never had like the color coordination, but I have... For a while, I was really particular with the editing I do on my photos, and I would have really pretty photos. And so if I didn't have a pretty photo to post that week, I wouldn't post anything, which it was not, I would go weeks sometimes, and it wasn't great. Like, I, I would get totally locked up and bound up by that. Oh, it has to be perfect. So, yeah. Yes. Good advice. Yes. Don't, don't let that stop you. For sure. Same. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I think that, like, just what you said about the authenticity you know, maybe when Instagram first started, you could get a lot of attention by having those beautifully curated feeds because most people were posting, you know, blurry snapshots with the stock Instagram filters. But I feel like maybe I'm curious to see your thoughts on this. These days there's so much curation and so much posing and staging that people are almost drawn to the opposite of real authentic. It's almost like we, the tables have turned a little bit. The pendulum swung back. They have. People want real. People need that engagement and that encouragement, especially coming out of 2020. People are ready to connect with 
real people. Now, I that's not to say that everybody wants to see a picture of your dirty laundry on a brown couch. I don't think sure. that at all. No, I think no. we still need to work at making it look halfway decent. You know, you want to respect your followers. You don't want to repel them. But at the sure. same time, you don't have to be perfect because you're not perfect. And people are looking for regular people to connect with these days. Yep. Amen. Amen. Real Trump's fancy, I think, almost always. They're always. Almost, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? We're switching gears here. What are your thoughts on hashtags? I've heard lots <laughs> of opinions on hashtags. What do you think? Use them or not? I think hashtags are super important still. Okay. Yes, they can be a dive some days. And Instagram has been real flaky lately, as in lately, as in the last really five, four or five months. And this is right now, this is June the 1st. Um, and not my posts don't take off nearly as well as they did with hashtags before mm -hmm. these last four or five months. However, I still know that hashtags still work as long as they're targeted and they're the, you know, have to do, some of them need to do a little bit with your photograph, um, describing that and they're not, and make sure they're not in the millions because you're not right. going to rise to the top of the hashtag hub if they're in the millions, but they are still important. And another thing is, even though reels are viral, can go viral, they can go even more viral with those hashtags. So they okay. still work and they are still important. And actually, the gal that I was telling you about that is the marriage counselor and that's life was boring. Um, she secured a book deal through a hashtag through mm -hmm. me training her on how to properly use hashtags on Instagram. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So they are yeah. powerful. They still work. Okay. And what are you, when you're having folks pick hashtags, what do you recommend the, the number B? Because I know there's, if there's hashtags in the millions, like people will tag everything, love, right? Hashtag love. And I'm like, why are you doing that? <laughs> no one's ever going to see that. So, you know, don't do those, but you also don't want to go so unique that no one's searching it. So what's your sweet spot with that? Well, I think a lot of it depends on the number of followers that you have. So if you have a lower number, let's say 500 or less, you probably want to stay in um, the 1,000 to 10,000 range. Uh, and I would, you know, scatter those. I would just like intersperse those, you know, like, like 2,000 and um, 12, you know, thousand, something like that. Just intersperse, use all 30. Um, and then if you have more than that, if you have more followers, um, like you say you have 4,000 or less, then experiment with those hundred thousands. Even if you have like three, two or three, you can experiment a little bit more. You can dabble in that, but you don't want to go in the millions. It's never going to work. It's not going to help. <laughs> right. Right. Just, yeah. One of millions and you'll get lost in the shuffle. So. Yes. Okay. Yes. For sure. Yeah. That. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, yeah. so we talked about our feeds and we talked about our, our profiles and content. Let's talk about 
the monetization because this feels like the the piece that a lot of people are just unsure. You know, you, you're posting the pictures, you're getting hits on your stories and your reels, but how do you make an income from any of that? Well, um, the key is to train them to click your link in bio. <laughs> so the way you do that is to always have a call to action with every single post that you give. So whether it's double tap if you agree, drop a comment below and weigh in, uh, save this and bookmark for later, go and watch my stories. Anything like that, but you want to always close out your caption with a call to action. And this is what I call dropping the breadcrumbs. So if you are always training your people to act on every post, then when you do the big ask, which is click my link in bio to head to the podcast, the blog, my store, um, and the podcast, so I, let me, I'll tell you in a minute, I'll give you another tidbit in just a minute, but um, then they're ready because people don't want to click off of Instagram. They're there to be entertained or encouraged or educated, um, but they're not there to click off. So it has to be a really good ask and you can't do it all the time. Like every single post should not say click to head to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So then once you train them and you are giving, 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 giving value, then they want to go see, well, I like this gal. She has a poodle and she's in rehab. So we have a lot in common. I want to see what her marriage counseling is like, you know? Um, And then another way you can do that is to make sure, like if you have a podcast or a book or a blog, you have, you train them to go over there. And then that is where you have your links, your affiliate links and so forth. Like my podcast is housed on my blog, Mom. So everybody sees the show notes right there. They can click on any links that I, you know, put their newsletter or affiliate links um, or whatever. So you just, But you've got to start with that relationship first, Mm -hmm. get that engagement up. For sure. And that's going to apply, it sounds like, no matter what type of product you're selling. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Have you seen people have experience, or excuse me, not experience, success? Like, obviously, people use Instagram all the time for digital product sales. You know, getting people to go buy a course or or a consulting package or an ebook. What about folks who have a local business? Like maybe they sell stuff at their farmer's market or they're wanting to sell farm products in their local community. Can it work for that? Yes, it can. Uh, actually, my daughter uh, has a bakery that she runs out of our home and uh, she sells uh, products all the time through geotagging mm-hmm. so that people see in the area. Geotagging is huge if you have a storefront or a local, you know, you're selling locally, you want to geotag so that people know, oh, you live in Salem, North Carolina or whatever. I can go get this produce over here. Um, So it's real important. And then also hashtags, use hashtags uh, for um, the area that you live in there. And then even broader hashtags, even the state, you know, 
So yes, absolutely. You can do that and have great success if you have a actual storefront. Can you explain geotagging for just a sec, just in case someone's not sure what that is? Sure. So geotagging is before you post, um, you can, it says location on Instagram and you can give a location. So if you tap on that up in the search bar, uh, you it will usually give you a list of locations, but you can also type in your actual location and so that you can use that. And then people can tap on that when they see your post and see exactly where that location is. And a lot of people will, um, you know, may see that even in the hashtag hub if you hashtag that and say, oh, uh, there's this gal is local. I'm going to go to her, go to her paint store or whatever. Okay. Will Instagram show, because I haven't used this feature very much, will they show people in your local area, like those tag, geotagged posts that are near them, will that kind of come up to the top of their feed or their searching or how does that work? Um, if they will just search, if they just search their area in, this, oh, okay. in, the, in the explore tab, a lot of times it will show up. Will show up. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that'd be great for a shop or a restaurant or. Yeah, a because there are. Yeah, if you just look, um, like I was fooling around with a search tab yesterday, and even if you'll just put in um, diary or books or just anything, those search terms come up in the Explorer. There are there are um, this there's this horizontal, um, you know, terms that come by, and you can just click on any of them. So mm-hmm. it is a great feature to yeah. be able to to search and find that. So it's good for marketers for sure. I think just going and playing around on the app is always a good thing. If you're, if you're new to Instagram, just, just play with the features, experiment. It's always how I, it's how I learn most of the stuff that I end up stumbling across is just experimenting and, Oh, what does this do? And you you can get a long ways with just playing around. Exactly. That's, that's how I learn a lot too. Um, Because as we both know, Instagram changes on a dime just about every day. Yes, they just change stuff on you. I did a reel about that last week. That is one one thing you can do with reels is do a parody uh, or sarcasm about whatever your industry is. People love that. If they love your industry, if they're, mm-hmm. you know, into homesteading or or canning or whatever, you know, your 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 glass blew up or your cans didn't set, you know, and they didn't just they didn't pop and all that stuff, you know, something funny like that. Yeah. People can really relate to. For sure. For sure. Well, Ruthie, this has been fantastic. Lots of good info. As we wrap up, do you have any other last tips to share with those listening? I just think the biggest thing is be authentic. Don't go doing follow for follow. Mm-hmm. Do your research, follow people that seem like your target audience and then reach out research hashtags in your industry, the people that your ideal audience member is using or searching, and then go and find some of those people and reach out and and leave genuine comments. Don't post and ghost and don't say, buy my thing, buy my thing. Just be social on social media and use the platform authentically. And I always say Instagram always gives back if you're authentic and you give the love, it will give it back. Yeah, that's great advice. And I do think a lot of people 
including myself, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the strategy. We do forget, just be a human on social media, just act, <laughs> just act social. And the platform wants that activity anyway. So they will reward that, but it also just creates those genuine connections that will take you way past all the algorithms and all that stuff. Exactly. Community grows opportunity. Amen. Amen. So remind everybody where they can find you. I know RuthieGray.mom is your Instagram handle, but you have a website and a podcast too. So just remind us where those are. Well, my website is the same. It's RuthieGray.mom too. And then my uh, podcast is Instagram Insider Hacks. So easy. Your mom can do it. (laughs) So yeah, I would love to connect with uh, your listeners to come over and say hi on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. So go uh, check out Ruthie's stuff. Sounds like she has a lot of good info. And thanks again. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and sharing all your wisdom. Thank you so much. It's just been a joy to be here and talk all things Instagram with you. Yes, indeed. Alrighty, guys, that's all I have for you on today's episode. As always, you can follow along with me over on Instagram at the Prairie Homestead, uh, over on Facebook. And I'm excited for the rest of the episodes in this season. We have a few more guests as we wrap things up on our homestead entrepreneur entrepreneur theme. So take care, friends. We will talk on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. <laughs>